Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The pitch, a swing and a drive, deep left field. Welcome to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron. That ball's hit hard and deep to left field, backing to the track, to the wall, and it's gone! It's a grand slam! Now, Matt Pauley, Mike Claiborne, and the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron. Wainwright picks out the sign, the pitch is swung on a miss, throw to second base, strike him out, throw him out, double play. On the Cardinals Radio Network. It is that time, another week's worth of Cardinals countdown to opening day. Welcome into the show, everybody, alongside of Mike Claiborne. My name is Matt Pauley. We've got a lot coming up over the uh, next two hours. Let's uh, welcome in Mike Claiborne from uh, sunny Florida, where pitchers and catchers are less than two weeks away from reporting. Claibs, always appreciate uh, having you uh, here. How's, uh, How's Florida treating you? Well, Florida is just a little chilly compared to what it normally is. But, um, you know, the sun's out. The wind is blowing. A few players over the complex. I was over there yesterday. And uh, you'll be impressed with Jordan Walker physically. He is uh, taking it to another level. And I think you can say the same thing about Mason Wynn. There are a few rehab guys from the minor league side that are here. And uh, the place is starting to get busy. Uh, you know, they're getting ready for spring training, so they're cutting the grass and painting here and doing that and moving a lot of equipment back into the complex because, as you know, Matt, uh, we were supposed to be out of there for this year, but some they had a snag, so they had to move everything back in and uh, get it ready for spring training. Yeah, so a few things I want to get into. First off, how much, how organized is it at this point? Because guys are just there on their own, but obviously the organization wants to be able to uh, give them the resources that they need. What is at the disposal of players who decide decide to show up this soon? Well, everything is there. I mean, the weight room is there. The batting cages are there. The fields are cut and ready to go. Uh, if you want to throw off the mounds, they're available to you as well. So nothing has really changed. I mean, it, it was just more of a logistical issue where you had moved a lot of things out and they were all able to move them back in. They've had some time to do it. So it'll still have the similar look that we've been accustomed to. Uh, there may be a few things moved around, but nothing noticeable that you would say, wait a minute, that wasn't there compared to last year. Uh, from an attitude standpoint, I, I think we're going to see a lot of people showing up early. I don't think there's going to be very many people showing up on report date. It was that way last year as well, but it certainly feels like uh, there's <clears throat> urgency and there's also uh, some chips on some shoulders going into this season. I think that's a great way to look at it. I, I think you have some guys that feel like there was some unsettled business from last year. I think there are some guys who know they can be better than what they were last year and and the commitment started well before spring training for a lot of these guys. And I think when you look at how things unfolded, nobody had nobody could be happy with last year. 
So everyone feels like maybe I should do more. And if they just do their job, Matt, then this team would be okay. If they do what it, what is expected of them, this team will be fine. Um, I think everybody's still wondering, you know, what are you going to do about pitching? Are you going to sign anybody else? Uh, and that may come as we get closer to spring training because there, there are a lot of guys out there that don't have jobs. So I, you look at what's going on and you say to yourself, well, we could use another guy here or another guy there. Or do you look at your minor league system and say, you know, um, let's take a look at some of those guys right now. So I think they have a couple of options at their at the disposal, but we still have two weeks to go. Isn't it remarkable? So right now, no matter what ranking system you look at, four of the top ten free agents going into this offseason are still available. Bellinger, Chapman, Snell, and Montgomery. Everybody can say that those were top ten free agents going into this year. Those guys don't have jobs. And I'm not expecting the Cardinals to really be in on any of those guys. But if you got those kind of guys available, it just goes to show you how many guys are available. It is remarkable that those type of players are still just sitting out there. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence that I think at least three of those four players are, are represented by the same guy. That'd be Scott Boris, who's taking this down to the wire. And I don't know whether it's going to benefit those players or not. You know, you may see some guys take short-term deals in order to, re, in, you know, enhance their stock for next year. But that's a roll of the dice because, you know, some guys, and, and Blake Snell might be one of them, may have had a career year. And if he's with a different team, who knows what that situation is going to look like from a short-term standpoint. So there are a lot of things that I, I really look at and say to myself, is this the right move? And I guess we'll find out here within the next week or so because – as I said, there are a lot of other guys who aren't represented by Scott Boris that still are looking for work as well. So I would just say stay tuned, stay patient. And if you're some teams, if you're the Chicago Cubs, you have to say, what the heck's going on? Yeah, We don't have a first baseman. We don't have a third baseman. Uh, we, we've got some holes in some other areas with regard to our pitching. And um, they, they're a team that I, I wonder if they're going to be able to get who they want for the right price. Yeah, you know, specifically to Snell and Montgomery, and I think you're right. I think there's a possibility that those guys take short-term deals, maybe a two-year deal that the second te- you know second year is a, a an op- player option, something like that. I, I lament on their behalf. I'm always kind of a player's guy when it comes to uh, wanting to see guys get theirs. And mm-hmm. Blake Snell just won a Cy Young Award. Jordan Montgomery just led the Rangers to a World Series. And, and we watched this, and it came out of our mouths time and time again. Oh, this guy's making himself some money this offseason. This guy's yep. going to get a big old contract this offseason. So you, you play your entire life of baseball to have a season like Blake Snell just had, to have a season like Jordan Montgomery just had, and now we're a week and a half from pitchers and catchers reporting, and those guys don't have deals. Yeah, and, and you know, you wonder, you know, who, who's driving the bus here? You know, there's some players who take destiny in their own hands and tell their agent, look, I just want a good deal. And I want to get it over with. And then you have other guys that will listen to their agents say, if you're patient, we can get you a really good deal. Yeah, but the other intangibles that come into play is maybe there's a certain team you'd like to play for. Maybe you'd like to be closer to home or closer to your wife's home. Uh, maybe there's some guys on the team that you know that you really like to play with. Or maybe the team in Texas, you say to yourself, well, why can't we do it again? Because not only am I going back, we're going to have DeGrom and Scherzer by July, and we're going to be pretty tough to beat. So there are a lot of intangibles that go into it. So it really comes down to the individual because let's face it, the money is going to be the money. Now, is it going to be long-term or short-term, but the money is going to be better than what you're making, which 
takes me back to a situation. And I know that people say, well, why aren't the Cardinals involved in this? And that's a good question, especially if it's a short term deal. Right. I mean, if you really like Jordan Montgomery that much, you can do a two year. And if you really like him after one, you can extend him because you're going to have some other expiring contracts that will be coming down the pike in, in a very short period of time. And he could be one of your aces on your staff because you expect some other guys to develop. You're probably going to trade for another player or go back into free agency to bolster your pitching staff after next season. So if you're Jordan Montgomery, you say, yeah, you know, we'll take two for now and doing it, doing a, a, a do an option on the third. But, you know, the, the key is doing something after the first year. So I, I really look at it being more creative in how you structure the deal than anything else. And, and so while I don't have any dire information on whether the Cardinals or back in the Jordan uh, Montgomery sweepstakes, I would hope they would be because it sounds like something they could probably pull off. And they tend, they, they work with Boris as well as any team in baseball. Yeah, because they don't represent a lot. He doesn't represent <laughs> a lot of their players. That's one of the reasons why. And, and, and I laugh about that because Boris had virtually the whole Washington national baseball team at one point, all their good players. And everybody saw that as a red flag because even the players who weren't very good that Boris represented, he found them a job on that team. And it really never worked out. Uh, and you, you can start with Strasburg. I know he was good for a couple of years, but you didn't have him for a long period of time. And there were some other guys who came and went that really didn't work out. Uh, so I think the Cardinals have been successful with him because they haven't had a lot of his players on their ball club. Speaking of the Nationals, a former National and former Cardinal, Matt Adams, he's going to be our uh, featured guest uh, on this week's show. Claves, he's just he's as good of a guy as, as exists in this world, and uh, it was really fun for me to be able to sit down and talk with him for a while. Well, City's one of my favorite players, and uh, John Rooney and I and, and Mike Shannon used to watch him on the backfields. And Bill Parcells, Hall of Fame NFL coach, once called him uh, what did he call? It? He gave him a nickname. We called him City. He called him the babe because of his bill. And so we went from babe to city, but he was the same hardworking player then as he is now. And while I know he's still looking for another job, I think uh, I think he's a guy that can really help a ball club. Uh, it's unfortunate we have so many left-handed bats on, on our ball club, but I think Mac, Matt Adams is capable of giving some team a boost, if not the fact that he's got experience. He can play a couple of positions. He'd be a perfect DH. And he's a class guy. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say today with regard to his future. That's Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. Matt Adams will join us in just a moment. It's the countdown to opening day show on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back in. It is the countdown to opening day show across the Cardinals Radio Network. We are recording this week's show at Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar inside of Ballpark Village. And I'll tell you what, this is quite the treat. We are joined by a former Cardinal, still an active player. It's uh, Matt Adams is with us. Matt, appreciate you taking some time with us. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. So before we go any further, update folks on uh, what you're doing right now. We're uh, a couple weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. I know it's still a little bit up in the air what your playing year looks like this year. Yeah, uh, still, uh, you know, basically a, a free agent with the with the MLB teams. I did sign uh, a backup deal uh with the the Tijuana Toros in the in the Mexican professional league, and um, but my hope is is still to to try to you know hook up with with an MLB team here in the states and and um, you know get back to the big leagues because I still feel like I I've, I've got the ability and 
the drive to, to do it at the MOB level. How does that work in terms of having the kind of not a backup, but sort of a backup plan with the, the Mexican team, but still having the opportunity to pursue uh, in-state, you know, major league organizational opportunities? Yeah, so uh, they there's no buyout for, for MOB teams, so that's that season starts March 10th. I think spring training starts for for the Mexican league, so. I have until now, until you know the middle of March, to, to try to latch on with with an MLB team, and, and there's no, you know, they don't have to buy me out of my contract there. It's uh, you know it's free reign. So uh, still sending out all my videos. You know, my agents are, are on the phone every day speaking to these uh, teams, and um, just trying to find a fit. I I'm gonna say this wrong, but the the Mexican leagues do have. Uh, like a, a loose affiliation with what's going on here. I know it's a lot of times that's kind of considered a triple A AAA level uh, of baseball. Does that play into why there is no buyout and everything? Uh, I, it's still very new to me, so <laughs> I don't even know if I can answer that question correctly. Uh, I do know that um, for the, the Japan and Asian markets, there are buyouts for that, so I don't know how they, they determine, um, you know, no buyouts in the States or in, in buyouts uh, for the overseas markets. But, uh, you know, if it comes to that, I'm, I'm you know, I'll, I'll be thrilled to, to be able to put on a uniform and, and keep playing and, and, you know, work my way back to, to the big leagues. With you, you're so connected to the Cardinals and you had some huge hits with the Cardinals. And it, it's really interesting because it hasn't been that long since you've been here. Uh, you're still an active player, but we were talking earlier, you get recognized all the time. You, you live here. It's really a cool thing that once a Cardinal, almost always a Cardinal. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the fan base here uh, is amazing. And, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that, you know, this is the, the first organization that, you know, saw, you know, the ability at, at the college level and, and took a chance on me and, and brought me in and drafted me and groomed me to, you know, be a major league player. And I worked my way up through the, you know, the system and, and had, had great years with the Cardinals. And, and like you said, I still have a lot of contacts with the Cardinals, still, you know, uh, would love to, to be able to put the uniform on one more time uh, again before I'm done playing uh, since this is home. And But, yeah, it's it's awesome to be able to live here and, you know, walk around and, you know, talk Cardinal baseball with the fans and, uh, you know, shoot the, you know, the crap uh, out there, you know, grabbing a drink with, with fans. Uh, in Clayton, Ledoux, uh, we live in Clayton, so it's we, we see a lot of um, when we're out, you know, the fans come up, they, they say hi to my wife and I and, it's just it's just a great uh, community here, uh, sports community uh, with the Blues and, and now the the soccer team. So it's it's uh, definitely a fun community to, to live in. Your last two years have been interesting. Last year out of spring training, it looked like you might make the club with the Nationals. It didn't happen. You go to uh, you go to AAA the year before. You're playing independent baseball. Well, you've had a really interesting baseball journey, and it might get even more interesting if you do end up in Mexico. But I, how do you kind of evaluate and assess what it's been like these last couple of years? Because you still want to get back to the big leagues, but it's been some uh, interesting stops on the way there, too. Yeah, I, uh, it, it's definitely been interesting for sure. But, I, you know, I look at it as, you know, nobody's path is, is the same as, you know, another guy. So I, I, I like to think of it, you know, it's just the way that I was supposed to go about it. Um, you know, didn't really get an opportunity in 2022, but but knew that I needed to play to, you know, keep that dream alive of getting back to the big leagues. Went to Kansas City and had a blast. You know, I really took on that, that mentorship, you know, veteran leader role 
uh, there, help the young guys, uh, you know, become a professional baseball player, kind of show them, show them the ropes and, and how to do things. And then last year, yeah, I had a great spring training and, you know, I was in my mind, I was fully expecting to, you know, get the call and, and know that I was, I was going North with the team, but you know, they had other, other plans and, you know, I was just thankful that I still had a job and I was just, you know, wanted to go to Rochester and keep my head down and just keep plugging away and keep working. How challenging is it, because you talked about taking on kind of that, that leadership and mentorship role, how tough is it when you want to get back to the big leagues, but you're also teammates with a bunch of guys that you're kind of investing into? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, the, you know, I would say the first month of, of taking on that role, it was, it was difficult for me because I didn't really know um, how to go about it the right way. And then... Um, you know, I just showed up one day and was like, you know, I'm just going to, you know, be present and, you know, help these kids out and make sure that they know that I'm here for them. But I'm also here for myself to, you know, get my work in and, and uh, you know, put my numbers up and, and get out of here and get back to the big leagues. And um, But, I, you know, I held, held like a little meeting uh, in the clubhouse before a game one day and just told them, you know, I'm here for you guys. If you got questions, you know, I've, my path has been very unique, like you mentioned earlier. And you know, I've seen a lot of stuff, been a part of a lot of uh, things, uh, winning, losing teams, and um, don't be afraid to ask. So I think that, you know, have, holding that, you know, five-minute little uh, clubhouse meeting to let them know that, hey, I'm here for you, and, you know, I want to help you guys out, that, that kind of really smoothed things over and kind of put me where I needed to be to, to take on that role. AAA managers will tell you that their favorite thing to do is to call somebody into the office and tell them that they're going to the big leagues for the first time. A little bit different when you're a teammate, but when you had some of those guys who you had been working with and had invested into, when you saw them got that opportunity, what did that mean for you? It was awesome. Uh, you know, um, any any guy, no matter if you're you know 38 years old or you know you're you're a young prospect, you know, getting the call for the first time, it's it's always great to get that you know call coming out of uh, the manager's office and everybody knows you know that you're going to the big leagues and um, but it, it, it's amazing you know not many people get the opportunity to put on a big league jersey and, and play at that level. So uh, whenever it happens, it's, it's very special, and, and those kids know it for sure. That's former Cardinal Matt Adams as you are listening to the Countdown to Opening Day show here across the Cardinals radio network alongside of Mike Claiborne. My name is Matt Pauley. A lot more coming up with Matt Adams as uh, we had an extended conversation that's going to take up much of this hour and much of next hour as well. Treat your Valentine to dinner and a game with Cardinals all-inclusive tickets starting as low as $55. All-inclusive tickets feature premium seats, a full buffet, and complimentary bar service. For complete offer details, visit cardinals.com slash valentines. A lot more with Matt Adams. That's next. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network. Back at it on the countdown to opening day show across the Cardinals radio network alongside of Mike Claiborne. My name is Matt Pauley. You can register now for the 2024 Cardinals 5K on April 13th. All participants will receive an exclusive t-shirt, finishers medallion featuring Willie McGee, plus the opportunity to take a victory lap around the Bush Stadium warning track. Proceeds benefit Cardinals care. Sign up now at cardinals.com slash 5K. Next hour here on the program, Michael Hall is going to join us, and we're going to get a few more details 
about the Cardinals 5K. Right now, we are going to continue on with our conversation with former Cardinal Matt Adams. A couple years ago, he spent a year playing independent ball, playing for the Kansas City Monarchs. Independent ball can be a little bit of a different place. I spent a couple years broadcasting independent baseball uh, in organizations. It's all about developing players when it's independent ball. Uh, Sometimes you get some craziness. It's about winning. Uh, And I asked him, what was it like for him being a former big leaguer going and playing independent baseball? It was a lot of fun. I I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, But, you know, I played with Pete Cosmo, so that kind of like helped helped things a little bit. You know, we were teammates here in St. Louis and uh, coming up through the minors together. Uh, so linking up with him and, and kind of just, you know, making sure we went about our routines uh, each and every day, um, making sure, you know, our goal was to, to play the ball that we know how to play and, and get out of there. But we, we had a great group of guys in Kansas City. You know, Joe, our manager, he, he does a great job up there and um, brought in a lot, a lot of great people. And um, the clubhouse was a lot of fun and, and we won a lot, so it was you know it was fun showing up at the ballpark each and every night. They're the Monarchs, named after the Negro League team. The Negro League uh, Hall of Fame and Museum is uh, is there in Kansas City. Was it was it fun to, to kind of put on that uniform and know what that represented in terms of the history of baseball? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and there was a lot of a uh, lot of folks that you know from that area that would co- come and you know the museum and. And all that they would they would come to the ballpark and, and watch us play every night, and you know they would they would come beforehand, and, and you know we get to meet them and hear their stories and, and all that. So we, there was a lot of lot of baseball history there um, at that stadium and with that uniform. So it was, it was definitely fun putting the uniform on. We're we're still a little bit of ways out from pitchers and catchers reporting. A couple of weeks. What what does the off season look like for you? Does it change for you at all? Whether you know where you're going to be or if you don't know where you're going to be, or do you just kind of do your thing? No, I have a, you know, after the season's over, um, my wife, who's who's my trainer, um, uh, thank God, I, I got everything in-house, so uh, it's nice for me. We sit down, we kind of go about how my body felt throughout the season, kind of um, digest how the season went, and then we come up with a program. And um, each, each set of... Uh, program like the whole program kind of is broken down into four parts so each phase is roughly a month month and a half long and then we switch it switch workouts um and we and we try to eat uh specifically for each phase so it's it's really really detailed and um you know she's she's a rock star she's amazing at at what she does and um it it all works with communication so no regardless if i'm signed or if i'm not not signed um we have a, a set program, and we just stick to that program and, until it's time to, to go put the uniform on and get back to playing. What's your wife's background that she's able to do that for you? Uh, she's she owns her own plies uh, company, uh, plies for pros, but she's a certified strength coach. She she worked for you know all the, the professional teams here in St. Louis, and um, she's got 20, 20 plus years of uh, experience of working with professional athletes. Is marriages are tough; <laughs> they're, they're not always easy, and then. You kind of add that dynamic to, to what you're going on. Does it is it ever a, a challenging thing where she's pushing you in a way, or are you able to just kind of when you're in that period, you know she knows what she's talking about, and you just do what she says? No, I, I would say uh, I would say 90% of the time is is like that. I, I trust her uh, with what what she says and, and her background and all of her experience. But there's that other 10%. You know, she'll be kicking my butt and, and pushing me a little harder than, than what I want to be pushed. And, you know, I'll, uh, I'll give her some pushback and, you know, we'll get into it a little bit, but it's, uh, it's all in, in good fun. And, 
uh, keeps things light uh, in the gym, and um, it's just a fun dynamic. It's it's cool to, to be able to, to see how we're able to, to do the client-trainer uh, relationship, and then we're able to turn that off and, and be husband and wife as well. So it's, it's very, very cool that, that she is the way that she is, and, and I respect that, and um, it's just fun. Did you meet her through a professional setting in that? Yeah, I, I met her. She uh, she was working with the Cardinals in 2016 as the, they brought her down to spring training as the Pilates instructor, and um, you know, kind of just talked to her. I knew I was I was overweight at the time, had a lot of freaky injuries. I was just coming off. I tore my uh, right hip uh, tendon off the bone, so I knew that I, I needed to make some changes and um, looked looked her up, looked her bio up, and um, saw the you know the accolades that she has behind her name and um all the certifications and, and her experience in professional sports and just knew that that's somebody that i wanted to pick their brain on um what i could be doing to to put my body in a better position to have a longer career and um just hit it off when you think about pro athletes you think bigger faster stronger you don't always think like flexibility and things like that and obviously that's a big part of uh, of pilates were you able to jump right into that, or was it something that you it took a little while to buy in on? Um, no, after you know, after the first session, there was uh, there was probably ten of us, uh, you know, that she grabbed after uh, one of the the practice days uh, down in spring training and put us through a, a workout. You know, I loved it. My body hurt afterwards because uh, it's all the the small muscles that you don't really know that you're using. Um, but after that first session, I knew that there's something that my body needed and I needed to do for my, my career. And um, so after that first one, I knew that I needed to buy in and um, just developed a, you know, communication with her that, you know, this is what I want to do. This is what, these are my goals. And, you know, she put the, put a plan together and, and you know, kind of held me accountable so I could reach those goals. Really changed your life in many ways because not only do you marry her, but you're a Pennsylvania guy, you end up setting down roots here here in st louis and i guess the rest is history right? yeah it's uh you know we we met in 16 and um ended up getting married in 2019 after we won the world series with the the nationals so um yeah and then you know 16 i, I stayed here full time and you know put my trust in her with with my body and my career and, um yeah the rest is history we we have we have a great family and, you know, looking forward to the future with her. You've been able to play in a couple World Series. You, you win one. How often do you think about the World Series and your experience in those? Oh, I, think, I think about it a lot because, I, I, you know, not many people, I was telling a few guys uh, before we got started here, you know, there are greats in this game that never get to play in the playoffs. And, you know, I've, I was fortunate enough to play in, in many playoff games and uh, lost the World uh, Red Sox in 2013 World Series, my rookie year, and then you know, fast forward six years, and you know, I'm able to be on the other side of it and, and win it with the Nationals against the Astros, and um, everything put, gets put into perspective when you're on that bus going through the World Series parade and uh, seeing how many fans come out, and you know the what we did on the field translates to you know their happiness off the field you know as a fan it you know just it, it's so great to see and um yeah I, I think about them often for sure that nationals world series run somewhat similar to what happened in 2006 in st louis i was working for the brewers at the time i still remember very vividly uh what, what happened there and i mean it was 
it, it just had to be a really special run. Obviously, you win a World Series, it's a special run, but just everything that went along with it was so unexpected for the team. Yeah, I mean, we were we were 19-32, and 32, 51 games into the season, not thinking about the playoffs at all. And then, uh, you know, Riz brought in some, some key pieces. Uh, we brought in Dorado Parra and Anibal Sanchez that, that really – you know, Sanchi helped the pitching staff out tremendously and, and, and got some of our pitchers out of their shells. And, um, you know, Parra was just a huge addition to that team that kind of um, the two of them got us, you know, to buy in to the family atmosphere that winning teams have, that, that culture, that family culture. And, um, you know, we just went to battle with each other. And uh, it, was, it was a very, very unique but very fun year for, for all of us. At what point in that year did you realize that, okay, maybe this is going to be something? Man, um, I would say that last, like, like the last two months of the season, we knew that we had something special, and, and we knew that, you know, Davey Martinez did such a good job of, you know, he put together a mantra, um, him and, and our, our mental skills coach, Mark Campbell, they, they came up with this slogan, go 1-0 and every day. And, you know, that really stuck with us in the clubhouse of, you know, that's all we need. To, we just need to focus on tonight's game and and let all the, the outside noise, um, all the negativity, let all that stuff go by the wayside and let's just focus on what we can control on this baseball field. And that's, that's you know, trusting our preparation, going out there and taking care of business. And, you know, from that moment on, we, you know, we held together that mantra and, and we went to battle with our brothers. Isn't it correct? Davey could have been fired two months in the season. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 there was no guarantee if things kept going the way they were going for maybe another two, three weeks, he's probably out of a job, and then that turns into a World Series yeah. champion. It's just amazing how things like that can happen in sports. It's, it's crazy. And, like, um, after the words, you know, my wife and I were, were talking. Every team that wins the World Series, there's always a story that kind of goes along with, with that team throughout the year. And, you know, ours was how we struggled early on and, and how we, we fought back. We, we fought adversity. We, we lost some, you know, key people – during that run and, and you know luckily we got them back uh, just in time for the playoff push but uh, yeah I, I think it's it's very unique of, of how you know the story can change and things things can flip and you know we everything just kind of clicked at the right time for us that year. That's former Cardinal Matt Adams. You are listening to an extended conversation that I had with him earlier today. Much more of that conversation coming up later on in the program. We recorded it earlier today at Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar, where on Wednesday nights they have family night with Fred Bird. Kids eat free. One free kids meal for children under 12 per adult meal purchased. Fred Bird's there. You can play games. You can win prizes. They also have their home blues game specials where two hours uh, before game time until game time they've got appetizer and drink specials and you can hop on the free trolley that runs from ballpark village to the enterprise center and you're going to pay a little bit less for parking as well because they have a two and a half hour validation from cardinals nation restaurant all the details cardinalsnation.com this is the countdown to opening day show on the cardinals radio network now back to the countdown to opening day show presented by amron on kmox Continuing on the countdown to opening day show on the Cardinals radio network alongside of Mike Claiborne, 
My name is Matt Pauly. Theme tickets are on sale now and feature returning favorites like Star Wars Night, Margaritaville Night, Grateful Dead Night, and many more new for 2024. Check out Battlehawks Night and 90s Night for a list of all the 2024 theme nights. Visit cardinals.com slash theme. If you remember, if you are a loyal listener to the Countdown to Opening Day show, uh, a few weeks ago we had part one of my conversation with uh, Chris Townsend. Townsend is part of the Oakland A's broadcast team and also host uh, their A's cast, which is a uh, streaming digital show that they do on an everyday basis. Finally getting around to uh, playing part two of our conversation. We've been pretty busy here the last few weeks here on Countdown to uh, Opening Day. Uh, we recorded this all the way back during uh, baseball's winter meetings, but uh, wanted to get the uh, next part of this uh, conversation coming your way. And uh, obviously the Oakland connection to uh, the Cardinals, you think of all the uh, players, and it started obviously bringing in manager Tony La Russa, but all the former Oakland players that ended up in St. Louis. And we specifically discussed Mark McGuire and how important Mark McGuire coming to St. Louis was, not just for the Cardinals, but for baseball overall. He brought that that rock star to St. Louis because when you were a real little kid, when you think about the late 80s, and especially the team that won the World Series with the A's in 1989, they were like a traveling rock band. You're talking about Jose Canseco, and at the time he's dating Madonna. You got Ricky Henderson. Are you talking about Hall of Famers? You got Ricky Henderson. You got Dennis Eckersley, Jose Canseco, who without PEDs, you know, Mark McGuire. We're talking about they should have been in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Dave, the great Dave Stewart, who's going to bring the who you had on just a couple days yeah, ago. He's yeah, gonna, he's going to start the expansion team here in Nashville. They were full of stars. They were, as they said, they were one of the original teams that couldn't go into the front of the hotel because so many fans were there that they had to come in through the back through the kitchen. So you think about what Mark McGuire brought with Tony Larusa. Carney Lansford was a hitting coach yeah. for you guys at that point, but uh, definitely Walt Jockety who came from Oakland to uh, St. Louis. So there's been a great connection between the Cardinals and the A's. I'll finish you off with this. It's a tough time right now to be an A's fan with everything that's going on. Really, you think? Yeah, (laughs) I'm pretty sure on that one. It feels like the baseball world has kind of rallied behind A's fans with everything that they're going through uh, right now. And a good group of fans that haven't had a great product to support are, I think, being recognized for the type of fans that they are. Yeah, it, 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 it's kind of a tough one for me because what pe- people forget about all the successes. Since Billy Bean took over in 1997, what, we've been to the playoffs 11 times? Mm-hmm. We're one of the – the A's have been, since Billy Bean took over, I think there's only like two or three, maybe four teams have been to the playoffs more than we've been. You know, we, we just come out of going to the playoffs three straight years. 18, 19, and 20. A lot of people forget that. And then before that, we were in the playoffs 12, 13, 14. We've had a lot of playoff appearances, but it just doesn't seem to translate, and there's a lot of people that will give you a lot of reasons why. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Oakland is going to be lo- – they've already lost the NBA and the NFL. Yeah. And now they're about to lose Major League Baseball. And, and I know you were involved with the Raiders. And I used to work yeah. for the Raiders, and I and I and I understand that you know at the same time I feel for Rams fans in St. Louis who lost their team, so they know exactly how it feels. And there's something about a town that's lost this much sports that fast. When you start saying you've lost the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA all in a very short time, I know a lot of people look at the Warriors. 
going to San Francisco. Oh, they're still in the market. But you, when you switch and you go across the bay and you take the business across the bay, it hurts Oakland big time. So it, it's, it's just been very tough for Oakland. It's very tough for the fans. And, you know, for us who cover it, and like you said, this is my second go-around with the team leaving, you know, at some point, you got to still stick to do baseball because you can't get wrapped up because we're a part of the team. And, yes, I plan to go to Vegas. So you can't get wrapped up in the politics. But so much is out of our control. So much is about local politics. It's about city councils. It's about mayors. It's about county officials. There's so It's about Major League Baseball. So many things are out of our control. It's really tough. It's tough to still stick in there every day, but that's what we get paid to do. Well, Chris, great to spend the last few days with you. I'm sure uh, we'll catch up again here uh, moving forward. Can we forward. get the you know the Cardinals? The Cardinals struggling. We're not used to that. In baseball. No, no, they'll be. I think they'll be all right this year. And I always like it how you stick it to the Cubs. So I, I, I want to see that. When, I, I want to see Cardinals back on top and taking it to the Cubs. I, I want to see the exact same thing. All right, buddy. We'll I'm talk to you good. this season. Chris Townsend from uh, the A's uh, broadcast team and from A's Cast. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network. The Countdown to Opening Day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on KMOX. You're listening to the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network alongside of Mike Claiborne. My name is Matt Pauley. Cardinals Nation Restaurant hosts the only official St. Louis Cardinals pregame party with a two-and-a-half-hour DJ-hosted all-you-can-eat, all-you-can-drink event before every home game. Tickets are on sale now at cardinals.com slash pregame. That's where we are recording today's show as we talk with uh, former Cardinal Matt Adams, and uh, we will rejoin that conversation coming up as we get into hour number two of the program. Do you want to go through the moves that the Cardinals made this past week? They claim off of waivers from the Angels. Alfonso Rivas for uh, Rivas last year. He had some big league time with both the Padres and the Pirates, hitting uh, 229 over 48 games. He hit three home runs, 15 RBIs, also spent some time at AAA last year, played well there in 58 games, hit uh, 332. He also has some big league time uh, with the Cubs, having played with them in 2021 and 2022. To make room for him, they designate for assignment outfielder Moises Gomez. Gomez has hit a ton of home runs. Uh, last year, he hit uh, 30 at Memphis uh, the year before, hit 39 between uh, Memphis and A Springfield, but just couldn't uh, really put it all together in spring training last year when he was given an opportunity to possibly make the team, and now he is no longer on the 40-man roster. The team also signing pitcher Josh James to a minor league deal. This contract does not even include an invite to Major League Spring Training, but he did appear in 87 games with the Astros for from 2018 to 2021, has great strikeout numbers, striking out better than 13 batters per nine innings pitched. He uh, has uh, dealt with some injuries. He had uh, a uh, flexor tendon surgery back in October of 2022, has not appeared in the majors since 2021. He'll go to a minor league camp, but certainly somebody to keep an eye on. If he can put it all back together, he could help the team before all is said and done. When we come back, more from Matt Adams. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. 
We are into hour number two of the Countdown to Opening Day show here across the Cardinals Radio Network alongside of Mike Claiborne. My name is Matt Pauley. Single game all-inclusive tickets for 2024 are on sale now and start at just $55. All-inclusive tickets feature complimentary food and drinks plus a great view of the game. For all the details, visit cardinals.com slash all-inclusive. We're going to pick up on the conversation that I had with former Cardinal Matt Adams. Recorded that conversation earlier today at Cardinals Nation Restaurant and bar at Ballpark Village. Of course, he is known for his time with the Cardinals, but also known for his time with the Washington Nationals. He won a World Series with the Washington Nationals. I asked him to uh, compare the two fan bases. He is still beloved as a former Cardinal, but was part of a uh, Nationals uh, World Series championship team, so obviously beloved there as well. So I thought it would be interesting to hear from him what it's like as he interacts with those two fan bases. It's just two two totally different you know fan bases. Uh, this fan base here in St. Louis is is always going to hold a special place in my heart, just because you know they welcomed you know a, a young, small country kid from Pennsylvania and uh, and you know helped me out with with my development and, and, and all that in the, the organization. And uh, but the Nationals, the, you know, they you know early on we were not getting that many fans when when we were playing that bad early on in the year, and then you know we we started you know putting together some winning streaks and you know the fans started coming out but I, it's 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 hard to say between the two uh but I just I, I value both of them you know about the you know I the same I you know I love the fan base here in St. Louis I you know I did a lot of great things with the Nationals so I value that fan base as well and you know I was just fortunate to be able to play for two story uh organizations uh, you mentioned you're from a small town. Your nickname, obviously, is Big City. I know you've told yeah. the story uh, a million times, but for people who don't know, I, I know David Freeze was involved. Where did the nickname come from? Uh, pretty sure it originated from uh, Lance Berkman okay. uh, in spring training. Uh, the one year he came up, put his arm around me, and, and at the time I was, you know, 35, 36 pounds heavier than what I am now, so I was a little bit bigger. He stuck his arm around me and was like, "I'm tired of big guys being nicknamed Big Country." So we're, we're going to put a little twist on it and call you Big City. And, and, and all the guys knew where I was from, from small, you know, Hick Town in central Pennsylvania, um, of a town of a 1,000 people, so not, not big at all. Everybody knows everybody. Um, but he, he gave me that nickname, and, and Freezer kind of just kept it rolling. And after Berkman was gone, and just kind of stuck. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it because it's a pretty cool nickname. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Do you uh, do you still have family back in your uh, original hometown? Oh yeah, yeah. My all my family's still back in in Central PA. My the only one that's not there is my sister's out in uh, suburb of Denver uh, in Colorado. But uh, everybody's still back in Central PA, and um, you know my sister and I decided to you know get out of there and you know start our lives and, and move on. But, yeah, I, you know, I try to get back there as, as much as I can, especially, you know, back to Slippery Rock where I played college ball, see uh, my teammates and, you know, my coach back there. And, and then, you, you know, family's special, so you gotta you got to do everything you can to, to get back and see them. What is it like when you're back in town? i got to think that you're, you're, you're a bit of a celebrity then. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard going back uh, for sure. You know, the, the Little League field's named after me, like where I would where I grew up playing little league for four years and, and whatnot, but it, it's cool. It's uh, it, you know, giving back to that community and uh, being able to you know help it however I can. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely unique, but it's it's fun to, to go back there and you know visit you know family, friends, and you know everybody that has helped me get to where I am today. I don't want this to 
you're still playing, and, and you may still have major league games in, in front of you. So no way are we reflect, reflecting back on a career that's over. But at the same time, you've got a field named after you. you you've had bobbleheads. You've had giveaway. Like all these things that you've experienced through your life. Do you? How often do you just think about the the, the cool stuff that you've been able to experience, even beyond playing in a World Series? Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of cool. Uh, yesterday, I kind of threw. Uh threw a highlight tape up on the on the TV and just sat and watched it for five minutes and just really kind of took me back and realized, you know, you know, I had this this dream of being a professional baseball player from such a young age and, and to be able to have, you know, videos on YouTube that I can pull up and, and watch me, watch the big moments in my career and just think about, think back to, you know, everybody I've come in contact with, the friends that I've made, you know, the coaches that I've been able to play for, um, I never, never thought that it actually would, would come to fruition. And uh, to be able to sit back and reflect on, you know, the career that I've had already, and it's amazing. But to think that, you know, I got, you know, maybe, you know, three to five more years in me, uh, you know, that that's amazing too because, I you know, this is the best I've felt in, you know, two to three years. And my body's feeling great. You know, my mind's in the right spot. My swing feels amazing and um, just – you know, thankful and looking forward to what the future may bring. Where does that home run off of Kershaw in the playoffs? <laughs> where does that rank? And you know, your your biggest hits. Of your yeah, I definitely have to say that's probably number one. Okay. That's that's up there for sure. And uh, you know, I, I tell everybody this. Uh, that's one video that I will pull up. I'm getting the chills just thinking about it right now. But anytime that I'm in like kind of a little funk uh, during the season or kind of in a, in a bad stretch. It's a video that I pull up and I'll watch over and over and over again and just see the joy on, like, my face, my teammates' face, the fans that are in Bush Stadium, you know, the DeWitts going crazy front row of the green seats uh, after I touch home plate. It just, it's, it's magical. And uh, to be able to say that I did that, like, that was that was pretty cool. So that, that moment is by far number one. Are you able to remember? You, like, you've seen the video, so if you've seen it, like, outside, but... Can you remember the feeling and what was going on and you actually running the bases and everything? What are the memories of, of that, yeah. you know, 12 to 15 seconds? Yeah, it, uh, I, I don't think my feet, like it didn't feel like my feet were touching the ground whenever I was running around the, the bases. Obviously, you know, the big hop, uh, you know, down first base line and um, Chris Maloney, Hammer, uh, had to push me back towards first base to make sure I, I didn't miss it on whenever I was rounding the first base. Um but yeah, all, all those feelings, you know, when I watch that video, you know, they all come back to me. Uh, and, you know, I can I can hear, you know, Bush Stadium rocking. And um, had so many friends on that team to, to be able to watch that video and, and, and remember how crazy they went uh, in that moment. It's uh, the whole moment. Like, I'll, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the feelings. I'll never forget, uh, you know, hitting that home run and, and being able to, you know, jump us uh, into the NLCS that year and um, you know it's it's just amazing it's an amazing moment do you remember before you hit the home run mentally where you were at in terms of the approach that you wanted to take against Kershaw yeah I, I knew you know bottom of the seventh uh, 0-1 count uh, we're down three to one and there's two runners on like my mindset was just you know don't try to do too much just put the ball in play and you know pass pass the bat on to the next guy in the lineup and um, thankfully, you know, he, everybody asked me because I, I hit his curveball. They're like, were you sitting on the curveball? And I'm like, no, like I just, 
it was one of those curveballs that popped over my head, and I knew that it was going to be a good one to, to go after. And, you know, I just tried to tell myself not to, not to overswing and just get the barrel to the ball, and, and, and I got the barrel to the ball, and, you know, the rest is history. Are you able to recognize, is there enough time to recognize curveball and adjust to it, or is it just putting a good swing on a pitch? I think it's, you know, his, his is so big that um, for it to be a strike for, for us hitters to be able to swing at, it has to pop out of the hand and, and start, like, almost over our head. So I saw that happen. Like, obviously, like, he's got a good fastball as well. And, you know, I was just, I was, my approach was to, to be on, on time for the fastball and adjust otherwise. So, you know, I was taking the, taking the nice, easy swing for the fastball and recognized that it was, you know, a curveball and just tried to keep my hands back a tad longer and, you know, wait for the ball to get to the right spot for me to take my swing. Pretty much every power hitter I've ever talked to said if you, if you try to hit a home run, you won't. But if you just have a good, solid approach, looking for a line drive, looking to make contact, that's when you hit home runs. Are you the same way? Yeah, I'm, I'm, at, I'm exactly the same way. I, I feel like whenever I try to swing hard or try to hit the ball out of the ballpark, my swing breaks down, my swing gets long. Um, I end up swinging and missing and not putting the ball in play. So, yeah, I, I just I want to take that nice, easy, short, compact swing. And um, if I do that, I got a lot of power. So so the, the, the bear, if I can get the barrel to the ball, then, then the rest is going to be history. Former Cardinal Matt Adams joining us here on the Countdown to Opening Day show. Much more coming up with him in just a moment or so. We recorded that conversation at Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar inside of Ballpark Village. If you're looking for a great happy hour, they've got one Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night, 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, 25% off appetizers and drink specials each night. Also, if you're going to be going to any Blues games, head to uh, Cardinal Nation first. Two hours before game time until game time, they've got appetizer and drink specials and they've got that free trolley that goes over to the Enterprise Center. And if you park there, you get two-and-a-half-hour validation from Cardinals at Nation Restaurant. So uh, parking is going to cost you a little bit less as well. Much more with Matt Adams coming up in just a moment. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network. The Countdown to Opening Day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on KMOX. We roll on with the Countdown to Opening Day show here across the Cardinals Radio Network. Alongside of Mike Claiborne, my name is Matt Pauley. Cardinals Authentics, it's the only place that you can get game-used and autographed memorabilia directly from the St. Louis Cardinals. Visit cardinalsauthentics.com or visit the store on the first floor of Cardinals Nation inside of Ballpark Village. You are uh, listening to our extended conversation with former Cardinal Matt Adams, still playing, still looking for his next uh, opportunity with an organization across baseball. If that does not pan out for him, uh, he does have an opportunity to uh, go play in Mexico this year. But uh, as we did continue on, we looked back to uh, the beginning of his Major League career, and I asked him about his first ever Major League home run. It was off uh, Chad Qualls here in Bush Stadium a week after I got called up, so it was it was cool to I had, I had my six uh, close uh, buddies from home. They they flew in for for the the weekend series against the Phillies and hit it off uh, Qualsy and um, I still have the ball at home. So it's very very cool. What was the process of getting that ball back? Uh, I think I had to give like a sign. I think I signed a ball and signed a bat okay. uh, to to kid. I think we we even met him after the game. Um, yeah, it was. I don't. I don't think it was that hard at all, because um, it, didn't, it didn't go in the bullpen. It went. It was like five rows deep, right, right to the right of the bullpen, right down the right field line. So it was. I think it was fairly easy to get. Just had to to give some um, autograph memorabilia to the fan that caught it. 
Have you held on to a lot of stuff from your playing career? Yeah, I uh, I got a lot of you know the the trainers here with the Cardinals and and even the Nats. They did a really good job of you know significant moments in your career. You know they'll they'll script it on a ball and give it to you and, and whatnot. So I got a lot of my home run balls. Got my hundredth career home run ball sitting at home. So it's um, a lot of jerseys. Some uh, some jerseys of players that I played against that are they're pretty cool, um, and then some bats as well. So yeah, I, I like to try to collect the the memorabilia to you know show my family, my friends, and you know my kids and, and all that. If somebody comes to your home, what's the first item that you like showing off? Uh, probably the World Series trophy we have in the front room from 2019. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, uh, that uh, that was that was definitely. Um, uh, that's a show-off moment right there for sure. Do you ever rock the ring? Oh, yeah. Okay. I should have wore it today. Um, but, yeah, well, I'll wear it. Like, if my wife and I, are, we got a function to go to or, you know, we're going out to a nice dinner. I'll throw it on and wear it. It's, you don't get to wear it that often, and um, but I definitely like to take the chances of, of whenever I can, I throw it on there and wear it. That's a World Series ring. Of everything that people probably want to see, that might be the number one thing. How much do you enjoy being able to show that off? Maybe you're out at dinner or something and somebody notices or whatever. I mean, just the opportunity to show that yeah, to somebody. Yeah, I, I love it. I, you know, like you said, not many people get to, get to have a, a ring like that. And, um, I was fortunate enough to, to get one. And, you know, I, I did, a, did a speaking thing my wife and I did for, you know, the Ladue and Clean School Districts, uh, this CAPS program uh, a few weeks ago. Took it in there and wore and passed around the class and, and let the kids see it and um, all that and um, I love showing it off as long as I get it back that's that's the biggest thing but uh, um, no I am not I'm not picky about that I you know I want people to enjoy it and you know it, it, it means a lot to me. Who was the individual? Maybe it's a teammate, maybe it's a coach, maybe it's a manager, maybe it's somebody else. As you before you ever made your big league debut. Who was the individual that impacted you in a way in the minor leagues that you never would have made it without them? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I would have to say probably the guy that I hit with back home uh, in the offseason from, from nine years old I started taking hit lessons with. He played minor league ball for, for a lot of years and never made it to the major leagues. But um, from my hometown, he was fortunate enough to, you know, give me lessons growing up. And, and then whenever I did go back home in the offseasons, I hit with him, talk shop with him. And, you know, he really helped me with, like, my mindset of what pro ball was like. But once I got into pro ball, it was, you know, you know, talking to my, my parents, my mom and dad. And then um, Coach uh, Philip Wellman, he was my double-A hitting coach uh, with the Cardinals. He really helped me out that year because, you know, I skipped high A that that year. I went from, from low A straight to double A, and, and I struggled early on. I, you know, there was there was times where I was thinking I was going to get sent down and uh, pulled me aside, you know, jumped my butt a little bit and, you know, really really got me to, to trust myself, trust my ability, and, and went out there and we developed a game plan. And I never really got away from that game plan. And, and that really, you know, I was – Texas League MVP that year after after a rough start. So I, I would say have to say he was by far you know the biggest impact that I've had to, to once I got into pro ball to really help you know jumpstart my my pro ball career. Wellman had the famous like YouTube video right like where the ejection when he was, yeah, was yeah, he with, with the, the Braves. Braves. The, yeah yeah, so. yeah. with the old uh, hand grenade with the rosin bag. Yeah he uh, I still keep in touch with him so he he's a he's a good egg and um, just. 
But I, I, it, it's hard to put just one. Like, Schilte was my first. I was telling you earlier, Schilte, Mike Schilt was my first pro ball manager. He, and, like, you know, we, we had meetings before every every BP uh, session before we were, you know, getting our work in before the game that night. We'd have meetings. We'd have yellow pad meetings. Go about, you know, the game the night before and what we did bad, what we did good, what we can improve on. So things like that, like, I didn't get that at college, at the college level. So that was that was helpful in it, in itself. And like, Ollie was a, a you know coach of mine. The, the Cardinals did such a good job of you know having baseball people in those like mentor and coaching roles for for us young kids that um, helped us all out for sure. Could you see it in, in Marmol that he was that he was on the, the fast track to being a major league manager? Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't know how fast it was was going to be, but you know. Having him up, uh, you know, on the big league staff, uh, he was the first base coach for a little while. Um, seeing how he interacted with, with the, the guys and, and, you know, how he was willing to do whatever, um, you know, the other coaches asked him to do. But um, how he interacted, like him and Yachty were just, they were on the same page. Him, Yachty, and, you know, Kendall were on the same page where it was like, you know, three great baseball minds thinking alike, you know, our meetings beforehand, hitters meeting, pitching meeting, what we were going to do on defense positioning-wise for, for, you know, the guys in the lineup, you know, everybody was just on the same page and he knew that it, it was definitely in the cards for sure for him. Were you happy to see Schultz get another opportunity? Yeah, I, I like Mike a lot and, um, you know, it was, it was great to see him. You know, he spent uh, the last couple of years, uh, I think he was in like a advisor role with with the Padres or whatever, but he still was in uniform. He coached third base for a little while when Matt Williams was was not out there. Um, but for him to be able to put the uniform on and, and be the skipper again, I, I think he deserves to be in that role for sure. I hope you don't mind me asking you this, but I'll finish you off with this. If you go to your Twitter page, in your header, I noticed there's, there's a Bible verse at the top. Where does your faith play in your entire baseball journey that we've been talking about. Yeah, my, my faith is big. Um, you know, my, my mom instilled, you know, the faith in, in me at such a young age. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be here at this, you know, point in my career without God. And, um, you know, he's been, he's been able to bless me with the ability and um, to go out on the baseball field and be a shining light for him in, in that regard. And, but yeah, and especially where I'm at now, you know, being a free agent so many years and, you know, having to be patient with the process and, and not knowing what, you know, what the rest of my career is going to look like, um, I can only put my faith in him. And, and you know, that faith is, is very strong, and I believe that, you know, he's going to lead me to, to wherever I need to be at that exact moment. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day when that uniform is no longer put on a player, you know, I'll, I'll be able to, you know, sit back and, and be able to thank him for, for blessing me to be able to have such a long uh, playing career in, in, in professional baseball. Is it hard not to be a little bit anxious during a period like right now where you, you want to sign back with an organization, you have the backup plan with, with the team in Mexico, but your your immediate future, your two weeks from now future is still very much up in the air. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, there's some stress and some anxiousness that, that goes along with that, but that's where my faith comes in, and, and I know, you know, I you know I talk to God every day, I pray pray to Him, and you know I just ask Him to you know allow me to land with the right team, where, wherever that may be, that may be in Mexico, that may be you know 
in AAA, working my way back to, you know, being the big leagues or maybe, you know, winning a job out of spring training with the big league club. Uh, I don't know what the future holds. I just know that, you know, he's he's blessed me with the ability to keep playing, keep putting that bat in my hands and, and keep taking that, that nice swing that I have. And, you know, my body feels great. I'm healthy and, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go in 2024. Matt, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming and doing it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That is Matt Adams. We will take a break. We've got a lot more coming up. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show across the Cardinals Radio Network. We're very happy to uh, welcome back onto the show. He's been with us a lot lately. He's the Vice President of Community Relations and the Executive Director of Cardinals Care. He is uh, Michael Hall. Michael, great to see you. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, last time we had you on, we were talking uh, winter warm-up. Just real quickly, it was another successful uh, three days for uh, the Cardinals and for Cardinal Care. Yeah, it was a great weekend. Um, we had a good turnout considering, you know, every year somehow winter warm-up weekend is usually some of the worst weather that we get all year, and it was really, really frigid. But uh, thank you to all the fans that braved the weather and came out and participated in the event. We're talking to you today about the, the Cardinals 5K. So I'll tell you this, I, was, uh, I got home the other day. And my wife goes, hey, do you know anything about this 5K? She saw an ad or something on Facebook or, or post, and she saw the shirt. And she loves the shirt. So before I say anything else, kudos on the shirt that's being given away. It got attention from my wife. That's great. Yeah. Love to hear that. Uh, so t- tell me a little bit about it. I know uh, people want to uh, get involved. They can uh, register at cardinal.com slash 5K. Yeah, so um, the event will be on Saturday, April the 13th at 830 uh, it's it's virtual. You can do it virtually because we have fans all over the country, all over the world, and so we've we've made it virtual since uh, we went through COVID, um, and we've continued that because we've gotten a lot of feedback that fans enjoy that. The ones that can't be here in person, but the in-person event is on Saturday, April the thirteenth, um, at eight thirty a.m. We start out here on Clark Street, uh, in between the ballpark and Ballpark Village, and then we finish on Clark Street as well. Um, and so this this year's event, our the player that we're sort of honoring is Willie McGee, uh, which we're very excited about that. And um, you know the the proceeds of the event goes to Cardinals Care and the Redbird Rookies Program. Mention the shirt, so it's an exclusive hooded T-shirt. There's also a uh, commemorative medallion that's going to feature Willie McGee that people are going to be able to get. Yeah, yeah. So the, the past uh, few events we've we've chose to honor um, uh, players. Uh, we've honored. Lou Brock, we've honored Bob Gibson. Last year it was Ozzie Smith, and this year it's, it's Willie McGee. And so um, over the past years, we've we've split the proceeds between the Redbird Rookies Program and the 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 really the charity or foundation of the of the alumni's choice. Um, and Willie chose Cardinals Care, and so um, he's uh, as humble as he always is, and uh, you know he's he's honored that we are honoring him as part of the event. So. It should be a great event. Uh, we've had a really good turnout the past few years. And as part of the in-person event as well, fans will get a chance to do a lap around the, the track inside the stadium. We call it a victory lap. Uh, you know, just get a chance to walk around, take some photos, and, and be down on the warning track. So that's been pretty attractive for participants as well. That's got to be so much fun. That's For many, I'm sure it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be down on the field at Bush Stadium. Yeah, a lot of times uh, we, we get that exact feedback. You know, people never had a chance to be down on the field you get a lot of people that'll they just they got their camera phones out they're just walking around taking as many pictures as they can a lot of smiles people enjoy it um you know i am i, I, I glad i'm glad you mentioned the hooded t-shirt it, it is a good looking t 
t-shirt. Um, you can go to the website, as you mentioned, cardinals.com slash 5K to take a look. Um, but uh, we're excited for this year's event. Um, hopefully we'll get some good weather and, and a good turnout. Uh, also, for people who are thinking about doing it, maybe you want to put some urgency on that because I know right now there's an opportunity for best pricing. Yeah, so we encourage fans to sign up as soon as possible. Uh, there are sort of uh, uh, periods throughout leading up to the event where registration, the cost increases. So right now it's $40 for adults to participate, and I believe on February the 12th that kicks up another $5. So the closer we get to the actual event, the more it will cost fans if they want to register, so register early. The other thing that uh, you get if you register, you get uh, discounted tickets for games. Um, You also get discounts to the Cardinals Kids Club, the team store, uh, where we're recording this, Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar, Cardinals Hall of Fame and Museum. So there's a lot of other perks that go along with this. Yeah, absolutely. We we try to uh, provide a lot of different... uh, discounts and opportunities for fans and, and, and different experiences for fans if, if possible. I should also mention that uh, if you register, fans will have the opportunity to purchase tickets that weekend that we play the Brewers, the twenty, the 19th, 20th, and the 21st. Uh, they have a chance to get discounted tickets for any of those games. But on the 21st, that Sunday, we will honor the uh, first male uh, finisher and the first female finisher and a pregame ceremony on the field. So that's, that's be pretty cool. Yeah, it's 5K day at the ballpark, so it'll be fun. Cardinals.com slash 5K is the place to get all the information. Michael, it's great to see you. Great to see you. Thank you. That's Michael Hall, Vice President of Community Relations and Executive Director of Cardinals Care. We'll have more in just a moment. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network. The Countdown to Opening Day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on KMOX. We are back on the Countdown to Opening Day show across the Cardinals radio network. Be one of the first fans to catch the Cardinals at Spring Training 2024 in Jupiter, Florida. Cardinals Vacations makes it easy by being your one-stop shop for spring training travel. Make your plans today. Call Cardinals Vacations at 800-892-7687 or online at cardinals.com slash vacations. You also should keep a lookout for the Cardinals wall calendar. It is an absolutely awesome, awesome calendar, and we're going to give a couple of them away right now. We're going to take caller number 7 and call. Caller number eight, we're going to give two calendars away right now. Caller number seven, caller number eight on the countdown to opening day contest line, 314-955-1120, 314-955-1120, and you are a winner. Mike Claiborne rejoins me in just a moment. It's the countdown to opening day show on the Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the countdown to opening day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. Starting to wrap up this edition of the Countdown to Opening Day show here across the Cardinals radio network alongside of Mike Claiborne. My name is Matt Pauley. Claibs, uh, Cardinals made a couple moves this past week, one more notable than the other. Uh, they claimed Alfonso Rivas off of waivers from the Angels. He had split time between the Pirates and the Padres last year to make room on the 40-man. Uh, they designate uh, Moises Gomez for assignment. Gomez was given every opportunity last year in spring, and unfortunately for him, he just couldn't run with it. We've seen a lot of minor league power, but he hasn't gotten the big league opportunity. I don't really know what to make of this. Again, it's the it's the final spot on the 40-man roster. If the Cardinals go sign a relief pitcher, Revis might be off the 40-man roster as soon as he was on it. Uh, but it was a move, and, and there hasn't been a lot of moves, so we got to talk about it. Well, <clears throat> I'm not sure if Revis is a guy that's probably more suited for the minors. Um, I mean, he you know, he couldn't make the Cubs roster. So, I mean, he, he's an interesting guy, but it just hasn't panned out, much like as you mentioned with Gomez, who had real problems with the breaking ball. Uh, you make a good point. He was very effective in the minors, 
But he had every chance you could give a guy in spring training last year with the World Baseball Classic taking place. And they ran him out there every day, and it just didn't work. It just didn't work. And uh, maybe another organization who will get a better opportunity. But uh, I don't think the Cardinals can wring their hands and say, man, you know, what, what, do, we, what do we give away? Uh, because they gave him every chance, and it just yep. didn't work. So with regard to Rivas, I don't know. I mean, there, there are some things right now that I have to be honest with you, I'm kind of scratching my head about. I, I think Rivas is probably more protection in Memphis than he is with the Cardinals. But, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the Matt Carpenter situation last week. And when you look at it, you say to yourself, okay, how is this going to work? Uh, is he going to take it bats away from somebody else? I mean, you know, he's limited as far as his positions are concerned. If anybody recalls his last tour of duty in St. Louis, it was not a positive one. And the fact that we have not addressed uh, what you do from the right side other than Luke and Baker, uh, I think is also a question mark. And I'm talking about guys coming off the bench. Now, you can say, well, you know, uh, Edmund and, and, and Dylan Carlson are, are right-handed switch hitters. They're switch hitters, so they can swing from the right side. And both of them are pro- have probably been more effective from the right side. But I'm thinking about somebody who can come off the bench, who can give you some pop, who can take a real professional at bat, that guy's not on the roster right now. And maybe you can find him. I'm not saying you can't because obviously spring training is a couple of weeks away and anything can happen. But this is one of the few times that I've gone into spring training kind of scratching my head. I look on the surface, Matt, and I say, well, they're going to be better. I mean, they, they won't lose 91 games. But I still think a lot of things have to come forth in order for this team to really have a, an impact on the division, if not postseason itself. I think we, I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for you. I overvalued the depth of the 40 man roster going into last season. They've changed out, I think, 12 new guys, 13 new guys are on the 40 man roster this year compared to last year. But I, right now, when I take a step back and look at it, I feel like there are some, there are some areas. If, if somebody goes down, and we saw this last year, no disrespect to it, to a Kirikudo or a, or a Fermin, but when all of a sudden you needed some middle infield help, you, you didn't really have difference-making players, and it's hard to have difference-making players who are spending a lot of year, 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 the year at AAA, but it just does still feel like the the depth of the 40-man roster leaves a little something to be desired. I would agree with you. Um, you. You have to be careful between getting a journeyman and having a guy that's ready to bust out. Uh, and AAA can be very misleading with regard to who's a prospect and who's a suspect. Uh, and I think we got caught up into that last year where, you know, Taylor Motter, who's a career journeyman, found himself playing more here than I think anyone envisioned. I, I wasn't sure if he was going to make it out of spring training, and he didn't. But my point being, when you have someone that goes down, you, you need a guy that can give you instant something. Uh, and, and if you don't, then why even call him up? Because it's one of those deals where you have to make sure that you don't lose anything. Now, obviously, you're going to lose a starter, a starting player, but you have to have somebody that is not going to be an automatic out. Somebody's going to do something, whether it's be good in the field and you hit him ninth, or he's a guy that you can plug in the middle of the order or maybe in the seventh spot and he can give you a quality of bat. So it, it just really depends. And I think that's still an evaluation that we're going through with regard to what the Memphis roster is going to look like. And obviously some of these guys are going to spill over onto the Memphis roster from the 40-man roster, but we don't know if they can play. Yeah, And, and I think this spring training, 
you know, last year, Matt, we had spring training where everybody got a free look because of the WBC. Well, that's not going to be the, the play anymore. And I think this year in spring training, you're going to see the starters go longer in games. I don't think this four and four and fly or five and fly is going to work. I think you're going to see guys play a little longer as we get deeper into spring training. So where the at-bats and where you impress the manager and the coaches comes from, I don't know. But I know that the 40-man roster is still a concern as we speak on February 1st. I'm about to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, but it's something that was not talked about probably enough last year. I was in, I was told by people who are smarter than me that the automated strike zone at AAA uh, resulted in massively inflated offensive numbers. And when you saw somebody going off uh, to to pump the brakes a little bit on them because the the that that was the result of the automated strike zone and pitchers were being forced to throw a lot more pitches that really crossed a lot of the plate. That's just again when we're talking about evaluating players, that goes into it. Sometimes you look at numbers that somebody's putting up somewhere, but you don't totally know maybe why those numbers are being produced. Oh, I think that's a big factor. Uh, I've heard the same thing. And what it does is that pitcher who has swing and miss stuff that's borderline on the on the corners, that pitcher's a ball now. Uh, and I I and I haven't seen it up close and personal as much as others as far as how the strike system works. But anybody with common sense will tell you they're trying to throw strikes. And if you stay in the middle of the plate, you're going to get hurt. And when you're in the minor leagues and you haven't developed a, a pitch that can be borderline then that's going to really put you in a tough spot because if you give in to these hitters and I don't care what level it's on, they're going to make you pay. Last thing for you, the other move the Cardinals made this past week was uh, they signed Josh James to a minor league contract. This is a straight minor league contract. This does not include an invite to Major League Spring Training, so this is not somebody that we're going to be talking about a lot. Uh, But it's somebody who, when he was at his best, he had a wipeout slider, he was a, a top three, top four percent in terms of velocity uh, in the big leagues. He's coming off injuries. There's no reason to assume that he's going to turn into anything, but this is a flyer worth taking. And, and we talk so often about there's going to be relief pitchers who are throwing big innings down the stretch of the season who are not with the team at the beginning of the year. Assuming that James ends up at Memphis and he can start to refine his form, I think this is a really interesting signing. And I like the fact that they're not putting the pressure on him of the big league spring training, that they're just letting him come in as a true minor league guy. Well, when you haven't pitched since 2021 and injuries had a lot to do with it, I don't think you have a choice other than to bring him along slowly. Now, if you have a really good bullpen, you're going to need some help from your minor league operation because as much as you use your bullpen these days, it's not going to be the same eight guys every day. Somebody's going to have a tweak here. Somebody's going to have an ouchie there. Somebody's going to have a dead arm here. So you'd like to have a guy with some big league experience that if you call upon him, you know you're going to get something of quality because of the fact that he's coming off injury. And like I said, he hasn't pitched in the big league since 21. So he he has a clue on what's going on compared to a guy who's making his major league debut in a situation where maybe it's not ideal for him. So if, if this guy can give you some quality innings early and just show that he knows how to throw strikes, I, I agree with you. I think you will see him in St. Louis uh, sooner than you think. Now, the question is, I don't know what his option situation is like. I don't know how many times you can send him out. 
So that's something that we may have to take pay, pay attention to as well, should he be in that situation in 2024. That's Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. Claves, one more week of this, uh, you being in Jupiter, me being in St. Louis, and in two weeks we'll be doing the show together from Jupiter. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you. Uh, I can report that the grass is very green. The wind is blowing. The palm trees are flowing. Uh, still in search of a new restaurant. I'm going to see my good buddy Barry Weinberg here soon. Okay. And he, he is the mayor of uh, Palm Beach County, so he will have a good place for us to go dine when you get here. And uh, we'll talk a lot of Cardinal baseball. As I mentioned, some players are already here. And, uh, again, you will be impressed with uh, Jordan Walker's physique. Uh, he, he's he's forming into a full-fledged adult. Awesome. Still likes his video game. Sure. Still does his video <laughs> game. There's still a lot of kid in him. But uh, he's he's feeling like like a grown man. And just watching him swing the bat the other day, I'm saying to myself, uh-oh, I think he's starting to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, and with, with him in that situation, Matt, one of the things we were talking about the other day is learning not to get himself out. He, he wants to stay as disciplined as he can. And, you know, if you get punched out on a good pitch, then you tip your cap. But when you start chasing pitches and then you start losing confidence on recognizing strikes, that's when you get yourself in trouble. And I think that's what he's trying to avoid. Can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see you. Claves, thanks for the time as always. All right, my friend. Looking forward to seeing you. That's Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. This has been the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network.